Welcome to this week's edition of the St. Paul Podcast. I'm Peter Marty, Senior Pastor of St. Paul Lutheran Church, located in the heart of Davenport, Iowa. Right here each week, you can hear a message to inspire your walk with God and hear beautiful music to fill your life. Let this podcast be your occasion to contemplate some of the deepest things in life, just as I hope it helps faith come alive for you.
You know what it's like when your life doesn't completely fall into line, when something seems askew or cattywampus, where circumstances don't seem to be working in your favor. We all have that experience, and I happen to think it also happens to us spiritually as well. As we size up our relationship with other people and with God, where are we falling into line and where aren't we? The Bible has a word for that, by the way. It's righteousness. And I'm going to talk about that a little bit today. But first, I want to read to you this passage from the Apostle Paul in the book of Romans. It's the third chapter. And while it seems complicated when you hear it, we'll be thinking in a few minutes about what the righteousness of God is all about. So here's Romans 3 first, uh, beginning at the 19th verse. Now we know that whatever the law says, it speaks to those who are under the law, so that every mouth may be silenced and the whole world may be held accountable to God. For no human being will be made right in God's sight by deeds that are prescribed by the law, for it's through the law that we have knowledge of sin. But apart from the law, the righteousness of God has been disclosed. And that righteousness is attested by the law and the prophets, the righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ for all who believe. For there is no distinction, since all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. They are now justified, or made right with God, by his grace as a gift, through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus the one whom God put forward as a sacrifice of atonement by his blood that's effective through faith. God did this to show God's righteousness because in divine forbearance, God has passed over the sins previously committed and this was to prove at the present time that God himself is righteous and that God justifies the one who has faith in Jesus. What becomes a boasting? Well, It's excluded. By what law? By that of works? No, but by the law of faith. For we hold that a person is justified by faith apart from works that are prescribed by the law. Well, you see in that little reading, uh, as it talks about being justified by faith or made right with God, that's what I want to talk about today in my message. So, Take a listen. Well, it has been uh, six years now since I flew out to California to visit my friend who was dying of Lou Gehrig's disease, ALS. And George was a close friend years ago. He was in our wedding, my wedding party, and I hadn't seen him for a long time. So I was pretty determined to get out there and see him while he was still living. And it was one of these 24-hour flight, you know, over one afternoon, back uh, the next. I fly into Hollywood Burbank Airport, and as I'm in my rental car, driving to George and Patty's house, I'm thinking about how it's going to go. Uh, What's the communication going to be like? What do I want to say? What do I want to hear? 
And then I'm thinking what will it be like? I know he has 24-7 care. Will I be intrusive? Will we have sufficient time to talk? All of these sorts of things. Well, I arrived, and it was so difficult and so special. Patty had cooked this fabulous dinner for the two of us. George was in the other room. And uh, I could see that all the furniture had been rearranged so that the motorized wheelchair could navigate the space. And as for his part, uh, the ALS had really progressed. Um, he couldn't speak. He couldn't eat. He couldn't swallow. His musculature was limp so that he was essentially dependent entirely uh, on other people. He had this communication device, which some of you have seen or worked with, a little tablet of sorts, and when you punch certain keys, you can pull up certain letters or phrases, certain words, rather, or phrases. And he could do this. He could make partial sentences or complete sentences when he'd hit the return key, and this mechanical voice would then speak uh, what he intended to say. Well, obviously, conversation was slow, and give and take was laborious, and so I tried not to ask too many questions because it would be about a two-minute wait for the sentence or the sentence and a half to come out. Uh, he wasn't in good shape. His wife told me in the kitchen in a private moment that the hospice people said maybe a week, maybe 10 days. Well, what I remember more than anything from that visit with George, George Garfield, was the goodbye when I realized I wouldn't be seeing him ever again in this life. And so I thanked him for his part in my life. And I talked about how special he was to so many people in this world. And I reminded him and I reminded myself of this thing called the resurrection, where we uh, seek to someday be reunited once again. There were tears for sure because I grabbed this tissue to wipe his cheeks at one point, and I don't make a custom of wiping the faces of grown men that I know. But it was that kind of moment, you know. But the last thing he typed out was three words. It's all right. The little mechanical, generic voice said to me, it's all right. And I'm thinking to myself at that moment, what do you mean it's all right? This is a hideous disease. The guy doesn't even have facial muscles to be able to smile anymore. How can you say that it is all right? Anybody who walks into that room for the first time as a guest would say, this isn't all right at all. And indeed, the final days, as I learned from his wife, were absolute hell. So, I'll always remember though, and I purposely share them with you this morning, those three words, it's all right. I'm saying this because um, one of the deepest convictions of faith, when you are ground down to a pulp, and you are weary from pain or from grief, when you're mystified by the whole notion of suffering, when you're a little bit worried about death. One of the deepest convictions of faith is that in Christ Jesus, 
you get to trust and I get to trust that everything will be all right at the center of life. Even when you can't see through the storms of tragedy, even when you can't see through the clouds of a life of yours that may not be working like you want it to work at the moment, there are those words, it's all right. You know them well because you've used them or you've heard them. A kid scra scrapes his knee and mother holds the little one and says, honey, it's, it's going to be all right. A kid strikes out three consecutive times at bat in a ball game and his head drops and the coach says, it's all right. You loan a, a serving tray to a neighbor who's hosting a big party and it comes back with a chip on the edge of this magnificent tray that you've had for years and years. And the neighbor apologizes and you say, it's all right. Now those are trivial matters. They're not matters of life and death, of course. But behind that little phrase are the murmurings of grace. And in the New Testament, the Apostle Paul, the one from whom I read this morning, he has this deep and abiding conviction that God in Christ brings something into this world that can make things right when they are oh so wrong. And that something that God sends into the world through Jesus Christ is called grace. And when we speak of grace, or we sing of it as amazing, there's a reason why it's amazing. Because you can't control it. You can't buy it. You can't deserve it. You can't earn it. It just is a gift that's dropped in your lap. And most of us spend the totality of our lives trying to appreciate receive, give thanks for this gift of grace. God has this deep commitment, according to the Apostle Paul, to come into history, to come right into our lives, and to make things right at the center. And God does this through this living person called Jesus, who himself appeared to work pretty hard, suffer pretty thoroughly, die completely, and then come to life again. So that passage that I read from Romans 3, it's, it's complicated, or it feels like it's difficult language. These sentences are convoluted. But in that passage are these words, all people, all people sin and fall short of the glory of God, no exceptions, but through the righteousness of God, that would be the justice or the goodness of God. God brings us a gift in Jesus Christ who will himself bring us into this kind of right, proper relationship with God. In line with everything we're supposed to be. It's going to be alright with your life in Christ. So in that passage that, that, that you have from Romans 3, there's this big word, righteousness. And I'm pretty sure none of you have used it in your vocabulary in the last seven days. It's all over the Bible, but it's not, it's not a friendly word. It's kind of uninviting, this word righteousness. But there's a verb, I think, that can be helpful to understanding righteousness and trying to understand the Apostle Paul. And that verb is to write wise. You haven't used that either in the last seven days, but it's in your dictionary to write wise. 
means to straighten out, to rectify, to line up, to make just like you do with the margins, you know, on a, on a piece of paper. All people have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, but we are now right-wised by Christ's grace that comes to us entirely as a gift. Think of it this way. If I had my smartphone up here, or you had your tablet in front of you, anything that's on the screen there, no matter which way you rotate your tablet or your phone, it's always right side up. Your picture of your dog, you can turn it over and hand it to somebody, and the dog will be right side up. Never upside down. Now, you know, typically, we're not used to things just writing themselves like that. Our, our pot of mums on the front porch, it blew over with a wicked wind the other day. It doesn't just write itself back up. You have to go and you put it back up. Well, typically, when something is out of whack in our life, when something isn't working right, we go after it. We try to make it right. Unfortunately, there are some profound things, these broken parts of our lives, these sins, these offenses, these hurts, these wrongs, that we cannot make right no matter how determined we are. That's the conviction of the Apostle Paul. Your phone, it's got this little thing inside called a gyroscope, an accelerometer. And what those little things inside your phone can do, they're not magic, in fact. They just sense precise motions along these six different axes, up and down, right and left, backwards and forwards. And so the picture is always right side Whenever the prophets in the Bible talk about righteousness, God's righteousness, it has to do with this Hebrew word, tzedek. You don't have to know how to spell it, but it's pronounced tzedek, which means to be just, to be right, to be in line, to be in the right. Paul says this tzedek, this righteousness, this right-wising of your crooked, your tired, your sinful life, this is what you get to have by faith in Jesus Christ. That's the gift of God to you and to me. It's this power. It's this pardon. It's this promise of, of our Lord's grace and favor that assures you that everything in your life is going to be all right in spite of so much of it being oh so wrong. A generation ago, there was a, um, a significant theologian by the name of Joseph Sittler, blind for much of his adult life. And uh, he tells the story of one time when he was in Israel, and his car was broken down, so he took it to the shop. And the mechanic went to work on this thing that was running so rough, and, and cleaned out the distributor, and, and, and changed the plugs, and set the timing belts. And when that guy was done in the Jewish car shop. He stood back, listened to the car running smoothly, folded his arms, and he said in Hebrew, Tzedek. In other words, the car was aligned, it was running smoothly again. And Joe Sittler comments on that moment. He said, it's righteous when it's made to do what it's supposed to do. 
righteousness, that means to get rid of the gunk which is standing in the way of what God most intends for your life. Well, the righteousness of God is God stepping into our lives through Jesus Christ with this grace and this awesome favor, reminding us that we're deeper than we thought we were, we're more lovely than we thought we were, and faith is how we respond to this getting it right with God, this aligning, this right-wising. You know, I think about this a lot. Religion, religion will sell you all the guilt and reward in the world that you want. There's all kinds of guilt and reward in religion. And you can, you can easily get the impression that something you do will make you more attractive to God. Religion's really good at that, which is why we don't need more religion. We need faith. More faith to lift us up when we're weary or when everything seems to be all, all wrong. We need faith to give us the courage to confess our sins, you know, when we want to cover them up. We need faith to be able to boast not of our own achievements, says Paul, but about what the Lord allows us to do for others. Faith. That's the gratitude in you. That's the joy in you that allows you to respond to God right-wising your life. And everything will be all right, even when it's oh so wrong. And I have to believe that George knew that when he typed those final three words into his little speaker box. It's all right. Amen. My join me in prayer. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Save us from the time of trial and deliver us from evil. For the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours now and forever. Amen. So when it happens that things don't seem to be working in your favor, or you feel weak, or tired, or weary, or helpless, just remember that God can rightwise your life through the gift of Jesus Christ and the grace of knowing Him. May this Lord's blessing be upon you today and always. Amen.
I hope you've enjoyed this podcast, and thanks for your support of the ministries of St. Paul Lutheran Church. Our commitment to projects that lend hope to other people stretches across the country and around the world. We hope that in a good way you feel a part of that reach. Tune in next Thursday for another edition of the St. Paul Podcast.